Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 224. My name is Carlos Alvarez and I will be your host for the show. On today's episode, we have first time guest and VP of sales at DataHawk, Jeremiah Chambers. Welcome to the show. All right, Carlos, thank you so much. Lovely to be here. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a bit of a DataHawk fanboy. I've collabed with you guys uh, several times. I think our first time was purely Zoom based uh, during uh, the great C word. And since then, I've connected with several members of your team at different conferences since the world opened up again. So I look forward to officially meeting you in person um, one day soon. Uh, hopefully we've not already and I just put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> we, we haven't. So I'll say likewise. Absolutely. I'd love to meet you face to face. And uh, yeah, love to hear that you're a Dayhawk fanboy as well. It's always something uh, music to my ears. Absolutely. So for anyone who's not, anybody listening to this who's not heard of DataHawk, it's a it's an e-commerce analytics and optimization platform that provides software solution for brands, retailers, and agencies to help them increase sales, optimize margins, and boost productivity, specifically on Amazon. I don't know if you guys do stuff off of Amazon. I'm only familiar with the Amazon side. Yeah, we, we do. Amazon's our primary focus, but we also do Walmart as well. Uh, and uh, we also cover a lot of different markets. So that's something a little bit different for us. So I think uh, we're up to 21 different countries uh, where we cover Amazon. God, that is crazy. Like when I first started, this kind of stuff didn't exist. So like to know this is there now, it's like what I want to link to every time somebody says it's impossible to start selling now. And I'm like, yeah, try to have sold internationally or get software to give you the inroads as to what's going on 15 years ago. But that is freaking awesome. What what do you what do you love most about your role at DataHawk? Your current role at DataHawk. You, you know, uh, really, what I love most about it is getting to just you know help help people really impact their lives in in some way. You know, sometimes it's the individual seller. Like I, I always tell people, what I'm most proud of is if there's an individual seller, I can help them uh, buy a home or pay for their kids' college or something just by helping them increase their sales or become more efficient, that's something that I feel very proud of. Or if it's a major brand or agency that's trying to grow their business, just being able to be part of that impact is uh, what kind of, you know, gets me out of bed every day. So that's uh, that's what I love most about it. And, and specifically what your role is at DataHawk, because VP of sales can sound like that, that. that's kind of broad, but you mentioned being able to help somebody find a home. So it sounds like you're like very hands-on with the sellers in, in helping them achieve these goals. So what what is your interaction with um, the sellers look like and how are you helping them get these homes? My wife's this is, I'm asking for my wife. Yeah. She wants to... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so uh, I have a, uh, a two teams right now. We have a, a U.S. based sales team and we have a European based sales team. Uh, and again, you know, we cover a lot of different markets. So uh, what I do is I prefer to be involved as much as I can in our interactions with the sellers, brands, agencies that come to us. Uh, that are looking for a solution, looking for help to optimize their strategy or optimize their strategy on behalf of the sellers that they serve. Uh, so what what we think about is uh, that old saying that they talk about with doctors, you know, uh, uh, was it prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. Uh, so we like to diagnose their issues and we like to prescribe the right solution for them that is going to help them uh, achieve their goal, whether that's increasing revenue, improving their return on ad spend, uh, or just breaking into a new market sometimes. Uh, love hearing about it, hearing the strategies that float around, and then sharing some of the best practices because we have some fantastic customers and great partners uh, that share with us some uh, just, just awesome tactics and strategies that then we get to expose others to. 
So, so, so if I'm hearing this right, you you work with a lot of pretty amazing sellers and, and providers. So you get a lot of data and, oh, yeah. and, and experience, and that just helps you help people even more um, that, that work with you based on your experience. What, um, so it sounds like you're very finger on the pulse, if you will, with this. So I'll give you a tough, I wish people could see my air quotes, but I'll give you a tough, true or false question. And, and I think this is going to get right to the meter, meat, meat and potatoes. I can't speak today, the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about today. And so here it is. You ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready. True, true or false. Amazon is becoming less and less competitive with PPC. False. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to be tough, right? Yeah. <laughs> what? Back it up. I think, I think we both, are, I think everyone agrees with that. Um, it's right by the way. Um, but I don't think many people can explain why. And besides just, you know, th this is the way it is. My, my ROAS is getting worse. My ACOS is getting worse. I, there's a recession. I need to do all this. You know, I need to keep my price the same or I'm going to lose sales. I feel like not many people know strategies that can help them uh, navigate this. So like, why is this happening and what can sellers do about it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, a great question. And really why this is happening is, you know, we have you know, seen a lot of evolution, just like uh, I think we we're talking earlier, you know, it's over the last 15 years, you see this massive evolution with what's happened with Amazon and what's happened with the selling community as well. Uh, you know, previously, if you just had really good high resolution images and and uh, you had a good tagline, you know, maybe your product sold better than others. You were number one in the bestseller ranking. Uh, but now we're finding with these different ad strategies and market dynamics, uh, it's getting more and more precise and specific for sellers and brands to make their way up to that higher ranking on the bestseller ranking, uh, to be able to really capture that market. And uh, you know, with that, you know, there's also more information out there, more data out there. I mean, I'm in the business of data. Uh, so with that data, you know, we, we provide competitive data, we provide a lot of market data and, and better understanding of market dynamics. And with understanding that, uh, you may see a, uh, a brand or a seller who's a true trailblazer, who tries something new, who tries something different, and that works. It works really well. And what we find is those strategies now, when they're very effective, are more easy to identify and replicate. And because of that, that's that's what's driving this higher level of competition with uh, things like Amazon uh, PPC, with just the advertising strategy, bidding on the right keywords, SEO, all these things. It's the market dynamics are shifting. People are able to keep a closer pulse on that. Uh, and uh, also there's, there's uh, people that are hiring these big teams of data analysts and uh, other individuals that their sole job is to just keep that pulse on the market and see if something shifts, I need you to find out why. And I need you to help us use that to make our way uh, into a, a little bit higher ranking, increase our revenue or, or improve our uh, ad strategy. So that's kind of in a nutshell, like what, what I'm seeing is just there's more information out there, more people are capturing the information and they're leveraging it in better ways. Yeah, I would add to that the, uh, and I'm curious if you agree, um, aggregators, like a, a lot of times you're in a category and you were doing really good. And all of a sudden, you know, your, your competitor who you've been spanking around at a high level, but you've been spanking yeah. them around for a couple of years, all of a sudden their team just overnight grew 
by 20 people, uh, top software, uh, bigger budgets. Um, also, this is a bit of a guess because I can't back it up, but it, I guess if anybody could back this up, it would be DataHawk. And, and I, I feel that a lot of private label sellers for years have, I've even seen courses, like there was this course about um, use this. I think back then it was like two-step URLs or something, right? Yeah. Or like whatever flavor hack of the week it was, right? And it was like using our strategy of two-step URLs, we dominate Coleman. And it was like Coleman lanterns, right? Um, on Amazon. And and I, I wonder, was Coleman just not caring about Amazon back then? So that, that's why that happened. But now that these massive companies are deciding to turn their ad budgets towards Amazon, um, now you're, you're, you're right in the bullseye. So again, increased competition. What, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so first on the aggregator point, absolutely. Uh, uh, the aggregator space has grown quite a bit and, and that's caused some shifts. Uh, but as you're talking about these like uh, private label or, or these major brands, you know, using Coleman as an, an, uh, an example, uh, we do, we, we see that a lot. We see uh, some very big, very, uh, um, uh, identifiable brands that Amazon just hasn't been a priority for them. You know, maybe they've tried to uh, run their own, you know, direct to consumer uh, type operation. Uh, maybe they just really haven't focused on e-commerce uh, over the last few years, but realizing that consumer trust is really with Amazon. I mean, you know, you think about, I, I purchase things personally. Uh, my first stop, always Amazon, not just because I'm a data hog guy, not just because I know a whole lot of Amazon sellers, but it's because I trust it. I know I'm going to get usually a pretty good quality product and I'm going to get it very quickly. Uh, so we're seeing that shift of you know brands that do come to us. And that's exactly what you're talking about. They've kind of left their finger off the pulse and you know, maybe they're getting spanked around by uh, some, some smaller, uh, smaller sellers or, or uh, different folks. And then they decide, you know what, we're going to start throwing some money at this. We're going to start focusing a team on this. Um, you know, you're seeing some people, you know, sometimes new roles getting started, VP of e-commerce at uh, said company. And then the strategy rolls out and you see this big shift that happens. Uh, and we always, uh, we have a report on like the bestseller ranking and, and we call it like a share of voice report. And uh, it, it's really interesting. Every once in a while, you see this anomaly pop up of this one brand that just moves up the chain really quickly. Uh, and it's really fascinating to watch, but that's where we like to go back in and kind of diagnose what, what did they do differently? And then you see uh, kind of a following trailing effect of there of the folks that look at their, uh, you know, they decide I'm going to do a product detail page audit and start kind of following this strategy that I see working in my category. And then we see uh, the entire space just become much more competitive than it ever had been before. And the problem with that is, is you see some folks that come out really victorious, and then you have some folks left in the dust as well. So it's a, it's an interesting shift. So, so we're definitely in agreement as to the why um, yeah. things are getting a lot more competitive. And when things do get more competitive, do you think that has to always mean uh, less ROAS or a worse ROAS? higher a costs. Um, is that something that people should just accept or are there any strategies that you could share that people could be doing right now? Well, you know, um, in, in some cases, you know, that, that will, that will somewhat be the case, you know, that, that you have to accept. And, and that means you have to make some shifts in your business, but, 
uh, you know, with the optimization strategy, a big part of it's timing. You know, this year uh, specifically, you know, we saw a lot of shifts in ad strategies and the way people had their ad spend, and also some shifts in uh, you know ACOS and ROAS. Uh, specifically leading up to Prime Days, right? Amazon Prime Days were in July of this year. Uh, we saw a lot more ad spend in Q2 uh, than we saw in Q2 of last year. Uh, but we also saw some shift in which, um, you know, Amazon ad products were being leveraged. Uh, you know, specifically, uh, you know, we're thinking more about uh, conversion rates than ever before. And uh, sponsored brands video, right? Uh, that's something that we didn't see leverage as much before. Now we're seeing that leveraged uh, much more frequently uh, by sellers and brands. That's uh, producing a, a really good conversion rate for a lot of folks. But you know, for as far as the strategy goes, the the thing that we see a lot of people come to us for is that they're so focused on their own internal strategy and what they think will work that they lose sight of what's going on in the competitive sphere. Um, the way I like to phrase this a lot of times when I'm talking to a potential customer or an existing customer is we all like to be a trailblazer. We would all like to figure out that winning strategy that everyone else follows, but you really don't have to be on Amazon. Someone may have already figured that out. And once again, the, the information's there. You can somewhat replicate that. You know, why try to craft something brand new and, and possibly waste a lot of resources when the information's right in front of you of how you can, you know, con you know containerize and, and, and maximize uh, your ad spend to get the result that you're looking for. Uh, so really, you know, that that's kind of the strategy and looking at how, you know, your ad strategy also influences your organic SEO strategy as well, that just keeping those in correlation keeping a pulse on that is, is always something that's important as time goes on. Are you able to give an example? I mean, even maybe removing the brand name from it uh, on how that happened or, or somebody you were working with um, was able to, I, I like what you said, like sometimes the answer is not always on Amazon, like somebody else could be doing it off. Could you give an example of that? Yeah, uh, actually we had, um, well, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of just kind of an epiphany that, that we found with one of our customers that, that worked out really well. Uh, you know, they came to us, um, you know, kind of detailing what their, their strategy was for both ad spend and SEO. And, uh, you know, one thing that that's always kind of hard to pinpoint is, is how are people finding your products, right? Uh, Amazon at the end of the day is a search engine and, you know, although you may think that typing in, if you're selling mattresses, mattress is the main main phrase or main term that I should be bidding on or main keyword that I should be bidding on. Uh, you may not realize that uh, there's some other keywords out there that you're underutilizing, uh, that your competitors are utilizing, that is getting them to page one. Um, that's, you know, getting them more visibility, more sales. And uh, specifically, we had a uh, a customer. I'm trying to trying to keep from identifying them, but sure, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, well, we had we had one. It was in a. I'll just say it's a, a home and living category. I'm trying to trying to that that's narrow. That's narrow enough. Narrow enough, right? Um, and uh, they really had an asteroid is really focused on bidding on about four keywords uh, that was that thought was working for them. They came to us to optimize. Um, what we identified for them is that looking at their competitors, 
is our competitors were just dominating them on about three keywords that they weren't even focused on at all. And I know this sounds really simple, but just exposing that uh, kind of identified, we need to start bidding on these keywords. Uh, we need to start investing in some sponsored ads, make sure that we get that visibility there and start tracking where we're at and what page we're landing on. Uh, we, we always make this joke that, um, you know, uh, page five or whatever on Amazon is, uh, is where you bury the bodies because no one ever goes there. <laughs> right. Uh, so we, uh, so we expose them to this different, this different strategy, you know, advise them on, Hey, these, these are some keywords that are, you're underutilizing right now that your competitors are utilizing that are getting a lot of hits. Uh, there's a lot of potential for visibility there. I would re recommend investing in ads for maybe a couple of weeks and let's see if it gives you an organic boost. Let's see if it, if it helps you climb, climb the rankings and, and see how that impacts your sales. Well, over the course of about four weeks, uh, they rolled out this strategy and they saw this massive influx of sales. Like it, it actually created a new problem for them because then they had to worry about inventory. And it was like, wow, like I can't believe we weren't bidding on these four keywords before. Why weren't we doing that? But that's where if you're so focused on your own internal strategy of what you think might work and not looking at the market as a whole or looking at maybe what a competitor is doing, you may be missing out on some low-hanging fruit. And that was a case where uh, we found this with this customer and it worked out extremely well for them. They, they, they end up turning a, you know, a pretty good increase on their, uh, on the revenue. And then, you know, of course, you know, they did have to spend a little bit of money on ads uh, but now, you know, they're kind of at that maintenance mode. Uh, you know, we, we think about the organic SEO rankings and, and the keyword strategy for, uh, for ads. It's kind of like building a muscle. Once you have that muscle built up, you can kind of just keep it in maintenance mode and you can really optimize your spend so you're not overspending. And they've been there for about three months now and uh, they're uh, successfully standing to consistently in the top five uh, in the bestseller ranking in their category. Oh, that's, that's an awesome share. A few things. Um, one, I want to see if a story, so not a story, um, a presentation that was given by, I hope I'm getting the name right, Jared Orkin, a friend of mine, but I'm hoping I'm getting his presentation right. And he was mentioning a, either a product of his or a brand of his or another one that they, this was a, you know, those massage percussion, um, guns, those mas massage okay. guns. Okay. Yeah. So at one point it was a good thing to get into and then it just got super saturated, but this, these people were in it and the, one of their competitors was just a clear front runner. I mean, every, almost everybody else combined was not equating to what this person was selling. And, you know, they use, they use a software to surface those keywords yeah. that other people were not on. And what they found out is their business was focused on massage therapy and, you know, health and fitness, and they might've been focusing on gyms and stuff like that. But when they use this software, they unearthed again, a handful of keywords that were actually in the adult novelty like space that this massage yeah. gun was being <laughs> dual purposed, if you will. And similar to what you said, they threw a couple of dollars in ads and now, you know, I, I want to say they five X their sales, but it was pretty massive what they yeah. did by dis by discovering those keywords. So this is similar to what, what you're speaking about too now. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and this is, I mean, it kind of bleeds into a couple of things, you know, this could be your content strategy, looking at your product detail page, how you're presenting it. Um, 
and app, you're you're nailing the head right there. That that is uh, very very close to what I was talking about with this other customer we had. They weren't in the adult novelty space, uh, but uh, yeah, this this is something we see uh, over and over again, and uh, it's it's kind of a, a light bulb that goes off. And and I feel like every time we have a successful run like this with a customer, they're like, "Why didn't I do this? You know, two years ago or something." Uh, but you know the they have the old adage: customers always right. So uh, if the customer wants to use your product for something maybe you didn't intend it to to be used for, it doesn't matter. You know, it's 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 about positioning it and making sure it's available to them and you're visible. What? How did you use? I'm assuming you use DataHawk for this, but how how did you go about discovering these keyword gems for this product with DataHawk that that they were not using? Ha ha! I'm a, you did use DataHawk for it, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so what we do usually is we, we hone in on the category, the subcategory, we try to get as close as we can uh, to who the real players are in the space for that specific product. Um, with that, I mean, we've got a variety of reports that we can pull, but we usually look at the bestseller ranking report and see, okay, you know, who, who's in the top five, who's in the top 10. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, of course, is it Amazon? If it's Amazon. Eh, yeah, maybe I can't really replicate what they're doing. Can, <laughs> let me, let, let me, let me, let me cut in. Can, can we use, cause I get this feedback all the time and everyone's like, can we use a product example? It helps people visualize. Can I just say a random product and we try to go through the paces with that? Yeah, yeah sure. Let's do so it. So that's I mean, uh, the most random thing I can think of. Let, let's just say like a baseball glove oil, right? So there's yeah. a baseball glove oil. And so you're, you're going to use data Hawk and you're going to, you're going to hone in on it on Amazon category, subcategory. And that's where we were at. Sorry to cut in, but yeah. I just hear this yeah. feedback all the time. Yeah. So, so we, we want to find the most relevant like product, right? Uh, and what we want to do is we want to track the product that we're selling. So the product of our seller, the brand, you know, the agency, whoever we're representing. Uh, and we want to look at, you know, their top competitors, and, you know, see, like sometimes we ask our customer, you know, who is it that you're chasing? If they do have a really good grasp on, on their competitive landscape, they may say, you know, I'm, I'm going after, uh, you know, I, I can't think of a good brand <laughs> of, uh, of, of baseball glove oil, even though I've got two kids that play baseball. Um, but, you know, they may say, I want to go after this specific brand or this specific product. Uh, we start tracking both of uh, the competitors and our own strategy. And then we do a little bit of a comparative analysis. Uh, we can see what keywords they're bidding on. We can see what's going on in their product detail page. We can even look at their uh, kind of estimated sales over time and look for anomalies, look for spikes. You know, so if I saw that this one specific brand all of a sudden charged all the way up to number one in the bestseller ranking and their estimated sales increased, is I'm going to look back at their product detail page and I can see we have this thing we call it a time machine. But I can see, okay, when did they change their content? If they did change their content prior to the spike, what changed about it? And then how am I going to possibly look at my own product detail page and optimize my content? You know, and then I also look at the market dynamics. I look at what's the average selling price in that subcategory? What's the average number of ratings? What's the average rating for the product? And that's where you kind of get this holistic, you know, holistic view. And then you have to make those decisions of, okay, like, well, I'm not even going to be able to really play in this space until I get, let's just say a thousand reviews, right? 
So I need to focus most of my energy right now on getting that visibility by getting that, that uh, consumer feedback so I can get those reviews built up because I can see in this subcategory, the only things that are really moving at least have a thousand reviews with at least a 4.2 star rating. You know, and then if I look at the pricing component of it, uh, we usually break it down to quartiles. If you look at, uh, you know, a specific category. So if I look, you know, it, you know, probably take about 20 minutes if I had to put it together on DataHawk, but I'd be able to tell you, you know, this is where most of the products are selling. This is the price point that they're selling at. And uh, that's where you're just evaluating the way that we're packaging this product on and putting on the digital shelf holistically. You know, do I have enough reviews? Do I have the right rating? Uh, how can I influence those? Is my price within that price range that's really moving in the top sellers? Uh, and, you know, again, if there's something in that competitor strategy that we see with their content or the keywords that they're bidding on, are there things that I'm missing? Am I missing keywords that I didn't think about? Of course, baseball glove oil seems like the, the easy one, right? But is there other things that are getting a lot of visibility and having people land on it that are moving sales? So that's where we're exposing all of that and helping guide uh, usually that customer to what we need to do. So we're going to advise them, of course, we're going to show them what we think is going to point out, but ultimately it's up to them to say, what's the priority where we focus on first. Yeah. B baseball glove oil wasn't as random as I was letting on though, by the way, I think I can get you some really good baseball oil for your kids. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not an easy one. So <laughs> uh, what, what about um with, with all the data you get to see and, and, and all the different sellers you get to speak to what, um, if you had to put on your sort of Nostradamus hat for a second, like, what do you, what, what do you see coming down the road? What kind of major changes do you see, if any, coming down the road, like in the next year to two years, um, as it comes to the state of Amazon PPC on Amazon? Yeah. So, um, really what I see is having a shorter window of opportunity for sellers and brands to adjust their strategy. I know that might sound a little like a little doom and gloom, uh, but uh, you know, again, there's, there's more visibility um, out there in the market uh, than ever before. It's, it's easier to track when something is going well, or when something's not going well, or when somebody's doing better than you. And it's easier to expose the strategies that are at play in the market. And with that, you know, every time, you know, DataHawk gains a new customer, that's somebody that has a lot more exposure and a lot more knowledge of the market than they ever had before. And they're able to move more quickly. Uh, so again, you know, I keep, I keep using this example of, you know, you don't have to be a trailblazer. You know, sometimes you can follow a, a trail that's already been blazed by somebody else is uh, I do see that window being shorter and shorter. So it's, it's a really uh, going to require people to be much more precise with their strategies, more thoughtful, uh, more data-driven. And also, I, I do see a, a lot happening with, uh, with the agency community. I see it growing quite a bit. Uh, I see uh, more people hiring agencies than ever before. I see our agency customers growing, their customer base, uh, and more people reaching out for help. Um, you know, just because you have a, a great grasp of your product and, and maybe a great grasp of, of your, your category and, and passion for, for selling on Amazon doesn't mean you have uh, all the tools necessary to dominate in the advertising space. And that's why people are leaning towards those advertisers or those agencies more and more to, to help them and help guide them. So I do see that a lot and I do see, uh, see more automation coming as well. What? 
what, what I'm trying to understand, if you can unpack a little bit about the window being smaller for sellers, I guess, to make changes, does that mean that, you know, I've been selling this product for X amount of time. It took a turn. I made these adjustments. It didn't work. Abandon the product or abandon that strategy and adopt something else. Uh, yeah. So, so, so a good clarifying question there. So with that, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that, that I mean by that is basically, you know, in the past, I think there was a little bit more opportunity for people to kind of set it and forget it uh, with their advertising strategy. And we still do see that. We still see a lot of volatility for anything that's outside of the top 10 uh, bestseller ranking within any category. That's just common. Um, but if something is not working well, it doesn't mean abandon the product, but in order to turn that around, you're going to have a shorter window of time to diagnose the issue, make an adjustment, and make a positive impact on the adjustment of that strategy. Uh, so if you make that adjustment, you know, in the past, you know, you, you maybe were able to catch it two or three, three weeks down the line and be able to adjust your strategy, adjust the content, just be the keywords you're bidding on or whatever, and then see a positive impact. Uh, I see that window shrinking uh, just because the market's moving faster. Uh, it's kind of like the stock market a little bit, right? You know, if, if I see, uh, you know, in the past, you know, you, you would have to wait until, you know, the New York Stock Exchange, you know, release some type of report for you to see if uh, stock was dipping in order to be able to sell or you had to get a call from your broker. Uh, nowadays, you have that information right at hand. And, you know, if you see something dipping, you could sell right away. Uh, and, you know, with Amazon as a, uh, as a marketplace, you know, the, the data is available. Uh, more people are figuring out how to visualize and expose that data to, you know, the sellers at hand. And uh, that just means things are just going to keep moving faster and faster. And uh, sometimes it's a little bit harder to keep up. Oh, I get that. I, I, I'm getting what you're saying now. So you you can't afford the luxury to really check in every few weeks on your product now. Things are getting more competitive. The tools are available. And if you were selling, again, trying to go back to a specific example, if we're selling 100 you know, bottles a day of glove oil, then we drop to 50 a day. We should go in immediately and find out why. Instead of, instead of saying, oh, you know, things are going to turn up. It's Amazon. Uh, just yeah. one of those days, like the data is available now for you to go in there and look and say, no, so-and-so is running a lightning deal or your top three competitors dropped price majorly um, or they're going after new keywords. Is that what you mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. And that, and this is where things like, you know, automated alerts uh, are very helpful. Uh, and, you know, just, you know, again, understanding the market dynamics is something I can't, I can't preach enough, um, but automated alerts are extremely helpful. Uh, and when you're, you're, you're in there, you know, just take a look and, and I, you just, like you said, you know, you can't just sit there for a couple of weeks and go, ah, it'll all turn around. Uh, you definitely want to, you know, give a look and see, is this something that fits, uh, into something common, like check your benchmarks. If you have benchmarks for your own business, that's important. Uh, understanding the benchmarks within the market is important as well. Uh, and, and just kind of comparing that to your strategy, but, uh, again, automated alerts, uh, I'm not advocating for people to spend all day just staring at data and staring at the information or the ticker as it's going, uh, but put those safeguards in place so that you know when something does happen, you can be alerted, you can take a look, 
uh, and then use your best judgment and, and possibly call on some help. You know, there's a lot of, uh, this is uh, one thing that's been great about being part of the Amazon seller community is uh, it really is a, is a great community. And although there are plenty, plenty of competition out there, there's a lot of people out here to help, you know, just like yourself with this podcast. Uh, this is out here designed to help others and expose them to things that might be able to help them improve their business. So uh, you're not alone. I love it. I want to be respectful of your time before uh, we start bringing these to a close though. What is there anything I did not ask you that you feel like somebody should really know about the state of uh, the state of Amazon PPC? Like maybe I should have asked. And also can you, uh, you guys shared a report and it was the Amazon sponsored ads uh, efficacy benchmark report, which I thought was just amazing. I'm going to link to where somebody can, can get copies of this, but um, in the show notes, but can you maybe mention a quick link or somewhere where somebody can go to actually get this, uh, get a hold of you to ask any questions? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so definitely recommend uh, just checking our website, datahawk.co. Um, if you're interested, or if someone's interested in, in just taking a look at what we might be able to offer, we offer a free trial. You can take a look at that and see it. As far as information goes, uh, we do have uh, a lot of great blog content uh, that we're releasing periodically that is uh, typically very relevant for the time and place. Uh, but as you mentioned, the benchmark report, if I could say anything, that's probably uh, the best thing you could do is just take a look at that report. It's a light read, uh, but it helps you understand how am I comparing to others? Uh, a lot of times you don't think about that. You don't think you think about how am I comparing to last quarter or last year, but how are you comparing to the market at whole? as a whole and uh is your trend are your trends fitting that kind of market trend that's happening uh sometimes you may wonder why is my acos uh going up is it just me <laughs> or you might find out hey you know what it's happening to everybody uh maybe not something to, to worry about as much but that's that's all i can think about off the top of my head but yeah datahawk.co got a lot of great resources on there uh some really good webinars uh, and of course, if anybody wants to reach out to me, find me, Jeremiah Chambers on LinkedIn, uh, shoot me a message. And of course, willing to have a conversation, help you out any way I can. Before letting you escape and get on with the rest of your day, uh, the question I ask everyone that's on the show is what was your favorite, what is your favorite book and why? What is my favorite book? That is a great question. And I absolutely love that because uh, what my favorite book is, you know, you think I dropped something about business. I'm not, I'm actually going to tell you. It is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. If you've never heard of it, it is a fantastic book about overcoming adversity. Uh, that guy is an absolute machine, uh, somewhat of an insane person, in my opinion. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, I used to run marathons and uh, in some of the most difficult parts of my life, reading that book has uh, helped motivate me and uh, been something that I love sharing with others and seeing people you know, take their life in their own, own hands and, and do some really good stuff. So it's a great book, highly recommended to people. Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Uh, and also just check him out on social media. That guy is a nutcase. He's really, he's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I second that. I, I have the physical book behind me and I've listened to the audio book, I think twice um, or at least one and a half times. Another thing by, by David Goggins is he puts out podcast worthy content while jogging. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at a quick pace. I, I'm going to call it running, not jogging. He is running, basically giving what is a podcast and is probably less out of breath than I am doing this podcast sitting here in my office. He is a beast. That is a great yeah. book. Um, you know what? I, I You saying that is making me want to go in and just like, I think, listen to it again. I don't think my kids are going to let me read it real quick, but I'm going to listen to it again. I, yeah, I highly recommend the book. Jeremiah, thank you so much for being on the show. 
Um, I look forward to having you back on the show in the future. And as always, I'm a huge Data Hawk fan. So um, be good, man. Yeah, absolute pleasure, Carlos. Thank you so much for having us. And uh...